Thanks, Mick. Well, it's great to be part of part of the, the lovely family here. What do you want your notices here? Bit of confetti, really, isn't it? Wow, it's good. Uh, you're going to have to be strapped in this morning, okay? Because we're going to have to motor through this quite fast. Um, I've been given uh, the the last part of Thessalonians four and the first part of Thessalonians five, and that's as you see, it's all about the second coming, Jesus returning. So if we get going, let's see how we get going. All right, so I'm no interruption. We're going to whack straight through this. Okay, Paul's writing to the Thessalonians, and he's saying this. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. Now, that's Christian term for Christians who've died, okay? Yes, you're all right. That, not, some of you can fall asleep during this sermon. I don't mind. I remember, I remember once preaching in a church, and there was a blind guy actually in the front, but he started nodding off. I didn't mind that. He started snoring. <laughs> so at one point in the sermon, and, and do you know, God can do this. I shut up, which immediately all the men were on my side. And immediately all the women were, he's awful. <laughs> so if I see you asleep, any of you guys, you're in trouble. I don't think I need my bins today. Right. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, as you know, because Christians, when we die, it's like being asleep. And the next time we wake up, oh, hello, Jesus. That's what it's going to be like. It's wonderful, isn't it? So that's why Paul differentiates just other people dying and so on. Where was I? <laughs> oh, yes. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do, have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, and the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we'll always be with them. We're going to fly. That sounds good, doesn't it? Da, 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 not the Superman. Although, yeah, okay. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, oh, there's peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you're not, you're not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We're not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let's not sleep as others do, but let's keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us so that whether we're awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Wow. Right, when Jesus comes again, let's go through these. Now, I had a good discussion with David Brown. He, years ago, the first ever leadership training in New Frontiers, about 100 years ago, no, was, was called E.T., 
eldership training. And it's about the time that E.T. phone home came out. So it was quite humorous. But David Brown was like the John Hosier, the Mick Taylor, the, you know, and we discussed about the second coming. And he gave me, how about these S's? So I said, yeah, I'll keep that. I've always used them. So this would be interesting. We're going through some S's here today, okay? Okay. So the first thing to say is when Jesus comes again, it will be a single event. It will be actually the day of the Lord. <laughs> Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord. Wow. The day of the Lord. It's that day, that terrible day. And the scripture calls about the last day. It's on one particular day. In Philippians, Jesus, uh, uh, Paul writes and talks about the day of Jesus Christ. They will suffer the punishment, notice in Thessalonians, the next book. We're reading book one, but he says, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might when he comes, notice, on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among who believed. And then the other one I got there for, therefore stay awake. Jesus says this, you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. <laughs> Funny, in Acts 1, when Jesus goes to back to be with the Father, they're kind of, wow. And it says, while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, in the gallery, why are you standing looking to heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. His coming will be a single event, not a gradual dawn. Second, it will be sudden. It will be sudden, but there's a few things to go with this sudden. Right, here they come. One, it will be with signs. Jesus is talking to the guys, loads of them, in Matthew 24. And he starts to mention some of these signs. You just look at this. He sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately then saying, tell us, when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and the at the close of the age? And Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And they lead many astray. And you'll hear of wars. And rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed, but this must take place. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginnings of birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Wow. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Wow. Have you heard of wars, of rooms of wars lately? Famines, earthquakes? They're like birth pains. Now, I've never had a baby. But I've been witness to three on their way, cheering from the sidelines. Thunder. It's so much tough for us men, actually, isn't it? <laughs> but, but I noticed... Actually, the birth pains get stronger and then shorter in time and shorter and shorter and shorter, don't they? Yes? Don't go, oh, I've got a baby coming. Whoosh. It's, oh, oh, oh. And what Jesus is saying, <laughs> just caught him in time. <laughs> 
Sorry about that. Uh, and um, so <laughs> Jesus is saying these things are going to happen, but they're going to increase. They're going to increase, and there'll be more of them before he comes again. Wow. Horse messiahs will rise, he's saying. There'll be wars, rumors of wars, nation against a nation, kingdoms against kingdoms, famines, earthquakes, all going on. And he says in Luke, that's Matthew, in Luke he says, and there'll be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. What is that going to mean? And on the earth, distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves. Interesting. People fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. We sung that. He's coming in the clouds. Now, when these things begin to take place, straighten up, raise your hands, because your redemption is drawing near. Wow. So it's sudden, but you've got these signs. He, he actually says in Matthew 24, that then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. I, I can't get my head around that one. It's not like the Batman sign, you know. <laughs> it's obviously something much more dramatic. Hmm. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And Jesus is telling us the truth here. Um, and because the mourning is this, that the worst thing on, on Judgment Day is that you're bowing your knee, realizing that he is the Lord, and yet you never bowed your knee to him as Lord, and therefore it never helps you. You're going to hell. You say, I, I never knew you. I mean, that's awful, isn't it? So, oh, crumbs, crumbs. Trevor was right. My neighbor, oh, he was right. Mick was right. He prayed for me when I was running once or cycling once. Crumbs. And then, but it won't help you one bit. Saying, Lord, that won't save you. It's too late. Wow. That's why they're mourning, I think, here. It's sudden, quickly. Oh, crumbs, gone too far. It's sudden, but no one knows when. Okay? So it's sudden, but no one knows when. Okay, I hope you're strapped in because we're really doing a lot of scriptures here. Paul writes in our reading this. Now, concerning the times and season, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you because he explained it to you. But, but you yourselves are fully aware the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. We read that just now at the beginning of our reading. And Jesus says, concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Hmm. And because of that, he says, stay awake. For you do not know on what day the Lord you're coming. No one knows. Even at that time when you're on the earth, Jesus didn't know as the Son of God, fully man, both fully God, in his human state. He didn't know when that was going to be. He obviously knows now. He said to them, the disciples, who want to know what about the end? He said, well, it's not for you to know the times or season. The Father is fixed by his own authority. No one knows when he's coming. Could be tomorrow, could be the week after, month after. We don't know, do we? Okay, quickly. It's sudden, and no one knows, but it's promised. That's why in our reading, he says, since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, and he starts to talk about to them. And he said, I don't have to, you're not uninformed. He, he tells them, you know about this. I've mentioned this before. <laughs> Concerning the times and seasons, you have no need to have anything written to you. Look, that's what he's saying. You yourselves are fully aware the day of the Lord will come. It's coming. Now, they were worried, actually, the Thessalonians, as I explain a bit later. They were worried on two accounts. They were worried, what about our friends, the Christians who have died, who are asleep? They died. They're going to miss it when Jesus comes. Have they had it? That's one thing they're worrying about. 
The other thing they were worried about, has he come and we've missed him? Okay? So that's why he's writing this to them. No, no, there are signs. You know, you don't have to be uninformed. It's promised. It's going to happen. And therefore, we say it's promised, but it's still unexpected. So although it's promised, it's still unexpected. And <laughs> concerning the times and seasons, you have no need. It's going to come like a thief in the night. And Jesus is saying what he said before. He said, actually, here, in my reading here, it says, as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Do you remember Noah? I don't remember him, but you know the story. Rain's coming. <laughs> You're in the middle of the desert. So what? No, no. God's going to bring ca calamity to the earth. I've just built this ark. No way. No way. They're just laughing at him. What? What you boat and cause he said, Come on, get yourself repent, come on. And they just laughed at him. But time came when he got into the boat and the door went up, God sealed it all up. Then it started raining. And then they came running and knocking on the door, bashing away, knocking on the door. <laughs> Jesus says this. And this is serious. Concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the sun but the Father only. We read that. But then he says this, For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken, one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Two men in a field. Hello, Mick. Are you up? Where's he gone? Two women grinding at the mill. Taken. You know, it's a big series, isn't there? A big series of films about taken. There's all sorts of theological arguments. Is the one taken the one that God Jesus wants, or is the one all that kind of truth of the matter is this that I want to be the one that Jesus has. And I want to be with Jesus, don't you? But sadly, in some homes, there'll be a wife and a husband, and the wife will be taken to be with the Lord. The husband will be left, thinking, help. And because the film, the, the big film in the series is, you know, as the pilot is taken by the aeroplane. That's nice, isn't it? Oh, crunch. <laughs> he kind of somehow gets down, and they all think, where's the pilot? What's it? All that kind of stuff. <laughs> very serious though isn't it my neighbours members of my family my brother Dave who's lovely better than many Christians I know <laughs> oh Lord I don't want him left I want him to be with you taken by you it's sudden and therefore we are to stay awake your children were like we read in our reading children of the day do you remember the reading I just read right at the beginning we're not of the night or the darkness. <laughs> so then let us not sleep as others do. But let's keep awake, be sober. But the whole point of that passage, if you just look over it, rather than me read it all, is that actually don't miss out. Don't start wasting your life because he's coming back. Now, if he was coming back tomorrow, what would you do today? If, I, or if he said, by the way, I'm letting you know I'm coming, because no one knows. But if he said, I'm coming tomorrow, guys, how would that affect your day today? Oh, crumbs, I better sort some things out here. I better 
do this, do that, wipe things away or whatever. But that's what he's saying. And Jesus says, stay awake. And why Paul is saying, come on, be alert, stay awake, don't sleep, get your life right. Can I say, if Jesus came back today, you'd be okay? That's how we need to live. Each day as though, right, if Jesus came back today, I'll be fine. All right, got it? That's what he's saying, stay awake. Now, we've had two here. So we've had, it's a single event, it's seen, but actually, sorry, it's sudden, but it's actually seen. We actually see it with our eyes. Jesus says, as lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. You won't miss it. So Paul is saying to these Thessalonians, don't worry, you think, have we missed it? You're not going to miss it. It's going to be seen. It's going to be very obvious to everyone that Jesus has come back. It's interesting that JWs, Jehovah's Witnesses, um, they prophesied a while back that he was coming back. I think it was uh, 1918. Um, So when it didn't happen, uh, they kind of smiled. Well, it was a spiritual coming. It was kind of a spiritual work in, in lives around, which is lots of nonsense. But Jesus is saying, it's going to be seen like lightning come from the east, from the west. And because they were worrying about, what about those who've died and returned? Well, oh, we've missed it. And uh, what you read is things like this. The Lord will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with a voice of the archangel. I don't know what the voice of an archangel is like. Pretty loud, I should think. And the sound of the trumpet. And the dead of Christ will rise first. So he's saying, stop worrying. Those who've fallen asleep or dead, dead in Christ, they're the first to get caught up with Jesus as he comes back. Wow. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we'll be with the Lord forever. Wow. Isn't that wonderful? So it's going to be seen. It's going to be clearly seen. Cry of command, the voice of Archangel. It will be seen. I've put two things here. It's, it's going to be personal. It's not just, oh, join the gang. Scripture is quite clear. The Lord himself will descend from, a cry, with a, from heaven with a cry of command. So Jesus himself is coming. Isn't that wonderful? Reminds me of John 14, verse 6, where, where he's talking about, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Oh, but, you know, but be pleased. Don't worry. I'm going to come back and take you to be with me where I am. Isn't that great? That's Jesus. So he's coming back and he's going to gather us all up and take us to be with him forever. Glorious, that is. Uh, this same Jesus, it says in Acts 1, Paul's preaching there. And that's Peter actually preaching. This same, no, it's the angels, isn't it? This same Jesus will come back, the angels uh, promise. If I go, Jesus says, I will come back and take you to be with me where I am. And uh, in the beginning of Thessalonians, we're waiting for his son from heaven. So it's going to be a personal seeing, but it's also going to be physical. Uh, we read in our reading, those who are alive or are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds. So we're gonna, it's going to be something physical. It's not something spiritual or ethereal. We will go and catch them. Um, those angels in Acts 1 said he'll come in the same way as you saw him go. And you remember in his ascension, he just started to lift up. Wow. He's going to come back. And in Revelation, look, he's coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him. So it'll be seen. It's physical. Keep with me. It's going to be splendid. (laughs) Oh, I went too far. The Lord himself will descend 
with a cry of command, voice of the archangel, sound of the trumpet. Wow, it's going to be a noisy cacophony. Those people who like a nice quiet sign will think, oh, what the row? You know, it's going, wow. And in Matthew, when Jesus is talking about that word coming, he says, then they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. That word coming is actually parousia. And it means the arrival, but it's a special arrival. And it's known as, as these kind of, oh, I've got two parking. These arrivals. <laughs> it's the arrival, it's the visit of a great ruler, so significant that it ushers in a new era. So in Rome, they would have a parousia. It wasn't just a coming, are you coming to see me? They would never use that word. A parousia was such a coming that it brings in a new dynasty, a new day to, to the state. It's also used at times when someone came in and conquered. So it would be an invasion of a province by a new conquering power. Wow, that's a parousia. You know, <laughs> Julius Caesar has come to Britain. That was meant to be a parousia. It didn't go too well with him, really. He tried his best with bits and bobs. And then they came in and did it properly. That would be a parousia. It would be not just coming. It was a parousia. It was an invasion. Um, the Greeks, actually, as well as the Romans, would see a parousia like an intervention of a god into affairs. Oh, I've, I've had a visitation from Zeus or whatever. So when Jesus is using this word, they're thinking, wow, with coming of Jesus is going to be such a thing. It's going to change the world. It's going to be an invasion, the kingdom of God invading the kingdom of heaven. Wow. That's why it mentions those, oops, I've got there, those things there, clouds, power. All that. It's just, it shows clearly that it's going to be a splendid, wow. And I love these kind of readings here. <laughs> this is uh, the next book, Mick. Are we doing two Thessalonians after this? I don't know if we are. No, no, all right, okay. This will happen, okay, this is fact. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire and with his powerful angels. He'll punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. It's going to be splendid, I tell you. It's going to be knee-trembling. If his best friend John, in Revelation 1, his best friend John sees Jesus in his glorified state and he just falls flat on his feet. Flat on his face, rather. <laughs> How can you fall flat on your feet? Now, flat on his face. He sees Jesus. He goes, whoa, I'm going to die. And Jesus put his hand up. And then come you know, there's, there's something terrible about Jesus. Right. Came in this room. He could look at you and look right into you. And you think, help. I'm completely undone. But he has grace for you. He has grace for you. He died for you. So your relationship is such that it's not going to damn you. It's not going to judge you. It's going to say that I died because of who you are. I know what you're like. What? Yeah, all of you. But I love you and I've forgiven you. Wow. Isn't that marvelous? What about Satan? Well, look at the second reading here. Then the lawless one, talking about Satan, will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow. How does he overthrow Satan? 
They're marvellous. Will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendour of his coming. They don't have to touch Satan. He just, he's going to come. And Satan's going, well, I can't stand the glory of his coming. And, and that's why hell is made, of course. You know why hell is there. It was made for the demons because obviously angels aren't mortal like us. They don't die. And therefore there needs to be a place where they are banished to. And that's where Satan, of course, is. And all those who choose not to follow Jesus are really following Satan. There's no middle ground. People say, oh, well, I, I, I'm middle ground. You're not middle ground. If either Jesus is Lord or you're cons and you're sucked into the enemy's area. And that's where you belong. You understand? So Jesus on Judgment Day will just say, well, you never wanted me as Lord. Fine. Don't have me as Lord. I'll, I'll grant you what you what wish. You never wanted me the Lord of your life. I, I grant it to you. No one will have any complaints. But when you see this splendid coming of Jesus, you think, wow. That's why you don't mess with Jesus, do we? You know, why don't you do this, Jesus? Why don't you do that? You know, is this, I'm the king of kings. I can do what I want. But actually, I am loving. I want the best for you. You just don't see it now, do you? It's like trying to explain to a three-year-old, no, you know, stuff in your mouth with all those sweets won't do you any good. Well, look, my sweets. You're withholding them because you love them. Uh, and, and we are like little kids sometimes and say, look, hold on, we have a, a terrible Lord Jesus who's wonderful. His terror is in his holiness and his glory. We just don't see that. And we think, well, I need to go sort my life out. I need to be awake. I know if you come tomorrow, Lord, I want to I be alert and ready. I want that glory in me today. I want to have a power of you in me because the Holy Spirit's in me. I can be more Christ-like today. Amen? And... Last but not least, another S. Oh, sorry, it's this. I'm not used to it. Well, sorry about my spelling. <laughs> it's certain. It's, it's sure. I tried my hardest there. But we do not want you to be uninformed. He wrote about those who sleep. <laughs> Since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with, with him those who have fallen asleep. Do you know, in the old, there are 332 Old Testament predictions about Jesus' first coming. If you go through all the Old Testament, you'll find all these predictions about where it will be, the, the timing of his birth, uh, who will be involved, and then how his life will be, how his death was going to be. You read Psalm like 22, it's just a description of crucifixion. You think, wow. And actually, when it was written, crucifixion hadn't been invented. It was a Phoenician who invented it a bit later. There's so much. So anyway, there's 332. You can go through them. It's staggering, isn't it? The question is, did all those predictions or prophecies come true? The answer is, yes. He's coming again predictions. Will they come true? Yes. All of them? Exactly as predicted? Certain. It's sure. Now, why did Paul tell us all these things? Well, he did it, first of all, so we wouldn't be anxious or worried. Now, some things oh, can make you, when you think, wow, God judging you. That's not to make us anxious. That's to make us grateful that we're saved. He who believes in me has passed from death and judgment. You know, in other words, Jesus is saying, if you trust me, don't fear judgment day, but know I'm coming for you. 
I'm coming for you as you are, incomplete, bit of a mess, <laughs> but I'm coming for you. So he's writing these things that we might know it's true. He's writing these things so we'll be ready and live good lives that are bright and not in darkness and sleepy and lazy. Be alert for Jesus. He's a great king. When we see it as he is, we think, crumbs, why didn't I serve you more, Lord? Why did I let other people put me off? Or even church or other things put me off? He wrote this so we would live godly lives. <laughs> he wrote us so that we could be encouraged. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or we are dead, so he's writing to Thessalonians, whether you're still alive or your friends like your friends, you're dead, we might live with him. None of us are going to miss it. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you were doing. You see, Jesus is going to have the final word on every life that's ever lived. He's saying, right, I don't care what, who they are, I'm having the final word over you. And it doesn't matter how bad or good or whoever you are, if you put your trust in Jesus, he will say, you're my friend. And on judgment day, you needn't fear. He will take you and say, I want you to be with me where I am. Hallelujah. So the question to you is, are you ready? Are you encouraged where your future is? I might have awful illness. I might have bankruptcy. I might be feeling awful. I might be rejected. But it's well with my soul. You can shoot me now. Guess where I'll end up? In the arms of Jesus. That's not bad, is it? And if I've got to suffer, I think, Lord, I don't like this suffering, but it's only 70 years. <clears throat> and imagine that's the lifespan here of 70 years, one part of that conduit to the other. Okay? So in that 70 years, oh, I'm echoing here. In that 70 years, I give my life to Jesus. I say, I want to make my life count for you, Jesus. I'm not going to sleep and be lazy. I'm going to go for it. Even when people put me off, when things get tough, I'm serving you. Jesus comes. I'm in heaven now. Well, a new heaven and a new earth. Can you imagine in about, I don't know, five million years, although you can't count that in eternity, when I'm here, five million years, having a great time with Ben, playing cricket in heaven, whatever, yeah? Uh, it's a new heaven and a new earth, by the way. I haven't got time to talk about that. It's not going to be clouds. We're going to be reigning on earth. Do you realize that? There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. I mean, this earth's brilliant, isn't it? I love the scenery, don't you? The new heaven's going to be, new earth's going to be wonderful. What if there's astro travel? Could be, couldn't there? Don't know. I mean, all those stars are there for some reason. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yes. So, so, <clears throat> so in that 70 years, which is like a little dot over there, I'm in heaven all these years, and you can't count it in heaven. I'll be thinking, oh, Lord, I'm so glad. So glad. I gave you my life back then. And Lord, that suffering I went through must have been for about 40 years in pain every day and worry about my money. Well, it's nothing compared with all the joy and the glory I've got with you. No eye has seen. No mind has known. No mind could understand what God has in store for me. I've got so much looking forward to, haven't you? Who's the oldest in the room here? Ken, yeah, how old are you? How old are you, Ken? 
Oh, you beat me. Anybody older? I nearly went to be with Jesus then, didn't I? <laughs> you know, it's just a dot. But you give me your life to Christ. I don't know what waits for you, boy. Amazing, isn't it? And the other thing is, I won't get onto this now because of time, but rewards. I find it's weird. Um, he says, if you give a cup of water to someone in my name, he says, great will be your reward in heaven. Oh, God, that's pretty good, isn't it? So it's, just, um, it's not fair. I mean, I should be damned. Uh, but God forgives me, and his grace comes to me freely. I can't earn it. But as I, I'm a mug if I don't receive it, so I receive it every day. But as I receive that, he turns the things I do for him into great rewards. So I'll, I'll be over here thinking, crumbs, I didn't know I had all this. And I was whinging and moaning back there. And I've got all this. So Paul is trying to say, look, you must realize, be encouraged. This time on earth is so short, but it prepares you and opens up for you your eternal destiny. Wonderful, isn't it? So when Ron is writing Revelation, he wants to get on with it. He's still, he's actually exiled for being a Christian. Uh, all the disciples have got murdered, killed, chopped, or whatever. He hasn't yet. I think he got pushed off the air or thrown off the building in the end, but he wouldn't care. Uh, but he's on the Isle of Patmos and he, he gets his revelation. He writes his revelation of Jesus. All these wonderful things. Wow. And he's thinking, Lord, can we get on with it? Can I get on with this, please? I'm still here. I'm still in this. And therefore, he prays his prayer. <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs> Lord, what a prospect we have. Lord, it's the 78 years at the toughest. <laughs> and yet, Lord, we want to thank you for every touch of your grace in these 70, 80 years. Lord, thank you that uh, your coming is certain, it's sure. Thank you, Lord, that it's going to be splendid. Thank you, everybody's going to see it. Thank you, we're going to see the enemy dealt with just by a blow of your breath. Thank you, Lord, you will come and judge and put right all the wrongs, all the injustices which drive us mad. Lord, you will, as just king, come and sort that out. You will judge everybody fairly. But we want to thank you that you're not going to judge us on our own behavior. Lord, thank you that you've provided the cross. And Jesus, you've taken the wrath for us. Thank you that you've taken the, <laughs> the shame and the punishment that really we deserve. And as we put our faith in you and trusted you, you've forgiven us. And you've said you've crossed over from being one I will judge to one I will bless. Thank you that judgment fell on you. Mercy now comes to us. Judgment fell on you. Grace now comes to us. Lord, we receive your grace today. And help us to live waking up. Help us to live ready for you coming, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.